Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we are talking about Hungry Marie, and we are joined by our guest today, Rem. Rem, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. For those who don't know, I'm Remington Chase, a co-host of the Anime Out of Context podcast. Small fry. <laughs> yeah, I'm known for uh, hating all things anime and <laughs> we be related, so this should be fun. <laughs> Listeners, did Rem hate this manga? Guess what? I don't even need to ask him because I know he did. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay. We really tried to find a series that we thought you would like. It's so exciting, though. In me out of context, definitely kind of think of it as like a sister series right now. Rem is like, don't use that term. (laughs) No, uh, it's really been just awesome. I want to say just talking to you, Sean and Dylan. It's like that scene in Gravity Falls where I should make that a picture with the three journals, but it's your three pictures now that you are the third piece of... (laughs) The Indiana Context guest puzzle. So now we finally have all three on the show. Yes, yes. Finally completed it. So shout out to you, Sean and Dylan. You guys were super awesome. And Dylan actually works on the show. He is our awesome editor. That is where all of our lovely patrons help pay so that we can get some editing time. And it just makes my and Jordan's life a lot easier where we know we don't have to handle every single element of editing the show. So just a big shout out to you, Dylan. It's really been a game changer for my ability to sleep during the week. Knowing that the audio is in good hands. Rem, though, this is, I believe you told us, your first ever manga that you have read. Is that correct? Yes. What an intro. (laughs) I've had a a couple like small glimpses into it, couple page things, but never a proper. All right, let's read multiple chapters manga. Did you have any struggles reading manga for the like first time? Though it sounds like you've read manga before, just not read it, if that makes sense. I knew how to read manga, but I it still took some getting used to. I had to like reprogram my brain a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> it kind of screws you up like I, I since I read manga and then uh, we have a, a comic book book club because Rem do you read American comics at all I do not know oh okay well let me just plug that so we have Luke awesome community manager so every month because I want to read more American stuff we have a book club and it's really hard when I go from reading a manga and I'm like oh fuck I just read the first 30 pages of this backwards <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's an automatic thing too like I'll just yeah. be reading a, a page and I'm just like why doesn't this make sense and I realize it's because oh i read it backwards yeah whoops i love those those <laughs> memes where it's like the panels are from right to left and it's like you dumb fucking weeb i bet you read this correctly and you're like ah, you got me <laughs> see what, what's interesting because i haven't like read western comics either i mm-hmm. also had to get used to the pictorial element of it so it's not just the right to left but at one point i was like all right i'm not at all looking at the pictures here and that's somewhat <laughs> important to do oh, <laughs> look, at, look at this fucking nerd you know even read comics david <laughs> so when dylan said you read you you mean like just the books that words like no pictures it's true it's true my secret is out isn't that boring yeah, without no. like pictures i bet there's not a single sexualized 16 year old in anything you read <laughs> <laughs> i do have one a certain russian novel yeah i was gonna say david don't worry there's a lot of books that still do that yeah unfortunately well i was gonna shit on dress up darling which was the episode we were all on together (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say uh school judgment but they were fucking 12 years old oh no yeah oh for context we had a series where imagine dress up darling same level of sexualizing the kids but they're 12. oh no it was the first series that we didn't finish. Our guest said, I am not comfortable to continue reading this because we got to the pool episode <laughs> where all the kids are in bikinis. Yeah. We had someone at YouTube yell at us saying, you didn't finish reading it, you pieces of shit. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, we were like, fuck you. And then I had to read it anyway because we are going to be on another podcast that asked us to fully read it. So, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's fine. We got to tear it apart more. It deserves it. Ugh. Yeah, and guess what? It still was shit even after we stopped reading. It got worse. Uh, yeah, I bet. It wouldn't have been good if it wasn't pedophilic, but the fact that it was does make it like 10 times worse. It, yeah. It's always interesting to me when uh, people are like, oh, no, if you stayed with it a little longer or if you ignore this one thing, then I'll of a sudden it's good and it's like nine times out of ten look this is one of my major critiques but even with that being gone even if that wasn't a factor it's still not good so exactly it's like a sign of other problems that are occurring in the manga too i feel 
Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, speaking of signs of manga, why don't we get into the manga details? Because I know, Rem, you are going to have the time of your life telling us why you thought this series was a piece of shit. But we do have to get through <laughs> the boilerplate stuff. So this manga was created by Tamiura Ryuhei, which, Jordan, what else has this offer done that we've covered? Uh, cool Frog and Dolphin. Yes, that is completely right. Cold Toad and Porpoise. You're right. Yes, uh, Hard Cop <laughs> and Dolphin. Yes, which is uh, Rem, unfortunately. I kind of wish you'd read that because that is one of our favorite series and that's why we picked this <laughs> author because we're like, maybe he's gotten our hit. <laughs> yeah, this is not as good as that. We literally named a Patreon tier after that manga because we liked it so much. So actually, shout out to guys, our... Guys, guys, I like this series. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong opinions aside. It seems like you're spoiling that, that are, are you not going to create a patron name for all of your hungry Marie's out there? Is that not? Starving Mary's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary, Mary, you hungry? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's definitely a Marie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Marie. So shout out, though, to UT Wolfwood for being a Dolphin Dad tier. I appreciate it. This series, though, was also by the creator of Beelzebub, which was a pretty big success. I had an anime adaption. I need to check it out. I do, too. I heard, though, it's very difficult to find the translation. I think that's why Joey said he hasn't read it. Really? Joey said he hasn't read this either, which surprised me. It's difficult to find Beelzebub's uh, translation? Because that was like a popular manga. Legal translation. Oh, I see. That still shocks me. But the series ran from February 27, 2017 to October 16, 2017, and it was 33 chapters and four volumes. So we actually broke our length rule for Cop and Dolphin because it was really good, which is why, Rem, I'm sorry we gave you something on the longer side for your first manga because we're like, <laughs> it'll be great. He'll love it. Whoops. <laughs> I think you're being a little little harsh here. I didn't hate it, but I was just like, well, I really was hoping this was going to be. Rem was not going to like it anyway, all right? Rem doesn't like things, David. I know, that's why I'm really afraid for him to read Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Rem, if you can't appreciate Chainsaw Man, that's on you. <laughs> yeah. All I know about Chainsaw Man is that you guys adore it and talk about it all the time. Fun fact, it was in my contract with Dylan when he became our editor that we have right to first refusal to be guests on your episode covering the anime. <laughs> <laughs> but based on that 200th episode, I am very afraid if you don't like the anime, because then me and Sean might just like leave for an hour. Because <laughs> what's going to happen with, between you and Jordan fighting over it? So though, anyway, oh, we're a bunch of characters. But speaking of characters, why don't we get into about the manga and hear Jordan's awesome plot summary? The world. Present day 2017, Taiga Bajogi lives in his family's Taoist temple, which is built next to a Catholic church where Anas Sagayama lives. Taiga loves two things, Kung Fu and Anas Sagayama. Anna loves two things, Taiga Bajogi and using necromancy to resurrect the ghost of Princess Marie-Therese Charlotte, the obscure real-life daughter of Marie Antoinette, the lady from the French Revolution. What? After a comedy of errors, Taiga ends up possessed by Marie Therese, turning him into a girl. Uh oh! What? Whenever the ghost of Marie gets hungry, Taiga gets his body back, but Marie is in control. This changes pretty soon. It's gonna get confusing from here. Taiga goes around kicking ass while looking like a cosplay princess, resulting in him getting transferred by, I guess, the Knights Templar to Anna's all girl school. At this point, they do something where Taiga's body has just like totally disappeared, and now they just possess a doll when not controlling the body. What? It's just gonna get, like, harder to follow from here, honestly. Team Marie comes into conflict with Lilith, the queen of the school, because Marie is a real princess, and she's what? offended that Lilith is using now? her fucking culture as a costume. Thankfully for Lilith, though, seven hot guys transfer over as well as Taiga, and she recruited most of them, except for Leo, who's like this weird incest guy that's way too into his sister. They call him a siscon. It's fucking weird. Hold your tongue. Leo never actually matters. The Marie squad has a showdown with Lilith in a game of cops and robbers. Things look bad, but yay, they win when Taiga deus ex machinas his body back to life temporarily and beats people up, which Lilith thinks is hot. 
Feels good. <laughs> then the doll turns into Tiger's body with the doll's head, and then into the doll's body with the Tiger's head. Marie has a piccolo clothes beam, which winds up never getting used. And at this point, you just completely lose track of who's talking to who and when. But yeah, Anna and Tiger go on a date to, to straight up like a fucking Marie Antoinette museum exhibit, where they find an old incense burner with a witch in it. It's incredible. Turns out that this whole thing is just Marie's fault because when she was alive, she had a crush on her Japanese attendant and cast a spell to resurrect him and be with him forever. Meaning that even though she was helping Taiga get with Anna, she was secretly in love with Taiga the whole time. Uh oh! This also never actually matters. Anna goes for a walk and gets kidnapped by the two most forgettable bodyguards ever written in a manga, and she is brought to meet <gasps> her mother? Is that the best you can do? Okay, so heads up. For some reason, chapter 29 of Hungry Mary is replaced in a lot of versions with an April Fool's joke translation called I Shit You Not, Horny Mary. I feel nauseous. It's homophobic, transphobic, and most of all, it's just really fucking lame. With like the most tired pronouns jokes you could possibly think of. Dio, feel sick. <laughs> it's pretty clear that nobody gives a shit about this series if that's allowed to remain up there. But it's obviously not the fault of the series of the author, so I just wanted to bring that up. My head is splitting. Not that you're missing very much, though, because the series is pretty much over at this point. Marie Antoinette starts a zombie apocalypse to take her daughter's body for herself. How can this be happening? But Marie Therese uses Deus Ex Machina powers Dog shit. to defeat her mom and sacrifice herself, except she doesn't sacrifice herself. She reincarnates as a small child because none of this ever actually mattered. Dog shit. VN. The grand finale was unexpectedly simple. Yeah, I honestly didn't fucking know what really was happening in this series. <laughs> But I made a list of every character I thought mattered. And then literally before the recording, I was like, guys, I think these five characters we don't have to talk about because I'm pretty sure several characters were shown to be really important and never showed up again. So I just deleted them. Yeah, definitely a common trend in in this manga. Yeah, every few chapters, they'd be like, oh, and now we have this new cast of characters. But let's save that for White Cell failed in just a minute. But first of all, let's just actually say who the characters that matter are. So let me start with Bijogi Taiga. So I think Taiga, this is like our second or third Taiga we've encountered. I think Taiga is just a cool name that people use a lot. Yeah, like Ram or Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, never David. Yeah, so he is like, fuck off. <laughs> Literally read a manga that had the name David in it. We oh did, it's true. Sean was on that manga episode. Oh, Ram, you should rebuild. Cam. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> I'm very skeptical. It's probably about, in terms of quality, about on par with X-Arm. Oh, fuck. Build King is absolute trash. And the creator of Build King got arrested for soliciting a child prostitute. So. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, get oh, yeah. fucking carte blanche to make fun of the creator as much as you want. And that was before he got famous, so Shonen Jump's got no excuse. Yeah, so anyway, speaking of people who aren't a pedophile, he is in love with an age-appropriate girl. Yes. He knows kung fu. He has, like, a super great best friend. Wholesome guy. Doesn't have a lot of, like, personality that's not, like, shonen traits, for lack of a better term. I like Taiga a lot. His coolness wasn't the main focus of the manga, yeah. but it would come up, and I liked that. I remember the one guy was just like, dude, I was training in the woods fighting bears, and then Taiga saved me. And then Taiga was just like, hey, I guess I was in the woods at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one interesting thing uh, about Taiga, and sort of with most of the characters, is that I feel like the author didn't figure out exactly what who the characters were until around chapter 15 and onward. <laughs> God, yeah. Like, initially, Taiga, it's like, oh, he's a bit of a awkward outcast. But then, midway through, it's like, oh, actually, everybody in the entire town thinks that he's the biggest, coolest badass around. So, it just sort of ignore what we said earlier. Rem, would you be shocked to learn that the last series we read also took about 15 chapters to build up steam? I mean, the last series you read by this guy? I was going to say, we didn't read 15 chapters of School Judgment. <laughs> yeah. or... Damn, maybe that's when it got good. <laughs> didn't, because I kept reading. <laughs> oh, well, never mind then. So School Judgment is about a child court system where kids are lawyers for kids, <laughs> except this one adult is like, I have special permission to have legal battles with children, because the author thought that's a good idea to completely make everything insanely one-sided by having a grown man... Uh... 
be in court in children's court. Why? <laughs> but yeah, Jordan, uh, to, to clarify, it's not saying like, oh, it didn't pick up steam till then, or even like something people might think, oh, it took that long for the character to develop. It was just the character was one way, and then they gradually figured out, oh, actually, that's not what we wanted the character to ever be. This yeah. is actually what the character is and has been all along. Just ignore that. <laughs> I didn't feel like it was that jarring. I felt like uh, the implication was that Taiga was unaware that this is how other people saw him. Kind of liked that. Unlike a lot of manga series that are romances, uh, and we we kind of brought this up on the My Dress Up Darling episode too, where it's like, usually you can 100% see why the guy is into the girl, but you have no reason why the girl's into the guy. Yeah. But in this series, no, I get it, dude. <laughs> Taiga's like a badass. God, I wish I was Taiga. Yeah. When Taiga is not around i'm like where's tiger he's like who jim naruto wishes he was exactly yeah for reference i love how <laughs> uh just because rem's not familiar we have to explain everything so jim naruto was from tokyo shinobi squad which was essentially an alt-right manga that somehow got published yeah. Jump. yeah and not to brag we had one guest refuse to read it so Fair. we had to find someone else <laughs> His name isn't Jim Naruto, it's Narumi Jim, but I mean, fuck that guy. So, his name's Jim and, Naruto. Yeah, and he's like the coolest guy ever. He's got electric powers, he's mastered all these techniques, he speaks like 12 languages, he has like a supermodel girlfriend. Yes. Like, it's the biggest wish fulfillment bullshit. Yeah. They go to a town where everybody who lives there is a terrorist. Yes, it's one of our favorite episodes, Rem, if you have a chance to listen to our show. If you're not tired of us by the end of this. And Sia and Mr. T are some of the bad guys. Yeah. That sounds like true chaos. It is true chaos. Chaos reigns, Rem. Chaos <laughs> reigns. All right, but chaos control. Let's get back into it. So, so do you guys want to get into the second main character? Sure. So, Rem, why don't you tell us about his sidekick? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, we have Taiga's best friend, Utsuki Mamoru. He's a frivolous friend. He's, he's all... I love that part. <laughs> yeah. He's big, he's boisterous, but also he's really stupid and canonically <laughs> no one except Taiga likes him. Yeah, fucking mood. He's a he's a ladies man too, you know. <laughs> he's one of those teenagers. I feel like he was the only character that had like really tangible character development rather than like the author like rebooting someone's personality. Okay, I think that there was supposed to be character development. <laughs> I can agree <laughs> that he's one of the few characters who has, like, some scenes that imply character development. I'd be willing to say that much. But as for actually having character development, I would probably disagree. That's fair. So the author has been breaking the fourth wall the entire time throughout <laughs> yeah, this series. Is. Like, basically constantly. Like, And sometimes it works better than other times. <sighs> yeah. I felt like with Mamoru, that was the time where it really worked because he starts saying, like, I'm not a protagonist. I'm frivolous. But he said that, and it's like, all right, well, that isn't just breaking the fourth wall. There is something deeper there where he's like, no, this is how I view myself, and I don't view myself as a protagonist, and that is a lot of metaphorical epic Cases, blah 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 whatever yeah. so i feel like it worked there as opposed to some other place understandable i really like the idea of mamaru and and his role in the story more than i like the overall execution of mamaru mm. he's got cool sunglasses though man his sunglasses <laughs> i like the scene where he pretends where he dresses up like taika <laughs> By putting a wig in, no one believes him. I still don't know why that even happened. Because there was zero plan or even, like, idea there. I think that moment only existed for the cliffhanger. Because it has no narrative justification. I think there's a lot of things in this series that work in the moment, and then you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of where it's like, man, that, that was a really funny joke, but it didn't contribute anything. Yeah. Yeah! But I know it's very hard not to critique the series in this section, so let's just keep yeah. going rattling off. So, Jordan, why don't you tell us about Anna? Anna Sagamiya, she is Taiga's love interest, or the, the main love interest that he has, and she lives next door to him. And he's had a crush on her for a very long time, and she has had a crush on him. Aww. They can't express it, David. It's like if Love Rush wasn't nearly as creepy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, she does magic poorly. I like that little thing. Um, no, she is a member of the sect of the Catholic Church that worships Marie Antoinette's weird daughter who's based on a real human person that existed and died at age 72. So yeah. I don't really know uh, know when this happened, but whatever. But yeah, she's just kind of girl. <laughs> she's just kind of there. Their romance kind of is weird. 
I like her generally. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, it's kind of hard to describe her. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Much like her dad, who I don't actually know if her dad has a name. I just still to this day wrote it as her dad in my notes. Yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. remember his name. So we guessed he was the best character in the series based on the first chapter. Rem, what do you think? Does he keep the crown as the best character of the series? I would say no. He's fine when he's on screen. He fills his role quite well. I think I agree, though. Actually, uh, we can talk about Jordan. I guess we'll talk about the Chibi, who we think was the best character in this series. Because there's no one I was like, wow, I really love this character. No, this was a little bit more of an ensemble cast, a little bit a little bit more balanced in terms of quality. Yeah, but there is definitely some standouts. So Jordan, why don't you tell us about the third main protagonist, plucked from history herself. Oh, yes. Lady Marie Therese Charlotte. I actually got confused because there's apparently two Lady Marie Therese Charlottes oh, in French history around the same time. One of them is Marie Antoinette's daughter. The other is not. <laughs> like the French need to come up with more creative things to name their children is what I'm saying. And this Lady Marie Therese Charlotte, she was in line to become the Queen of France. And then the French Revolution happened and she was rushed away to Japan. <laughs> I really want to know how he got this idea. Yeah, like, I have no clue where he got this idea from. It, I think it's it just... sort of feels like one of those ideas that it's just so out there that it helps sort of marketability because you're like, oh, here's a real wacky premise, right? It's not just a body swapping manga. It's a body Rem. swapping with French monarch to be. And it's like, oh, okay. Rem. Yeah. Rem. <laughs> I don't think that anything about this helped its marketability. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it succeeded. I'm not saying it was a successful attempt. <laughs> yeah, because it's based on a very hated, a very hated historical figure. <laughs> it's based on a hated historical figure's daughter because nobody knows fucking anything about Marie Therese Charlotte. <laughs> if Jordan had looked it up, I legit, if someone was like, is this a real person? I would say, I honestly don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's why I had to look it up. It's like when you're making a manga about, uh, like, Anastasia, and you're like, nah, Anastasia's too mainstream. Let me go deeper here. We gotta go wish Anastasia. Deep cut Anastasia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, though, old sassy grandma, I thought it was his grandpa based on, I guess, a misreading in the first chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she is very on the uptake. She's not, like, some senile or stuck-in-her-way lady. No, I like her. I mean, that's the thing. Like, the series had a lot of really fun characters. It was just, it didn't have any, like... It wasn't held together well. There were a lot of great elements of this series, but, like, the actual stitching together of yeah. it left a lot to be desired. Yeah, and then I honestly feel like we had one more character in notes, but I don't think we really need to talk to him because he literally disappears after, like, chapter 15. He's implied to be very, very important. He like he's implied to be like the least important main character. Marie's basically. love yeah. interest. Yeah. All right. So why don't you tell us about him? <laughs> so uh, this is Let, let's talk about Todoroki. Yeah. <laughs> God. So we have uh, Nahori Leo, who he's mysterious and a very straightforward guy. It's implied that he has a dead sister. It's actually just the dog. And he is a major siscon, super into his little sister. Oh, isn't he? Right? Jesus. Ah. Ram, I feel like we should have had Sean on this episode. Oh, God, it hurts. <laughs> Fun fact, though, Sean was on the one manga that had a very like legitimate incest plot by sheer chance. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, he didn't get away from, from the incest here. Like, the Siskon stuff isn't a major deal until the sort of the water park episode where it gets up, it gets pretty weird then. Yeah. Yeah! And yeah, Leo, he's implied to be possible love interest for Marie Therese, but then just stops existing, I guess. Yeah, the author started getting notes from his editor about, hey, hey, motherfucker, hurry the goddamn <laughs> yeah. hell up. Yeah. Unlike with all of the other side characters that got forgotten about, though, Leo, it wasn't just in a couple chapters. Like, it was like, oh, he was there. He was prominent. Yeah. They made a big deal about him for a hot minute before immediately and suddenly scrapping. Yeah, that's uh, some of the issues the series had. You know something, Rem, you might be shocked to learn that that is not uncommon to read, <laughs> yeah. to discover in a canceled manga, <laughs> when it's just like, wow, it seems like this entire plot got derailed all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. One of Jordan's favorite, I Tell Sea, where it literally rebooted itself three times in 15 chapters. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I will defend that series to the ends of the earth. But 
you cannot defend this or the ends of the earth because we are hearing the fucking critique master Rem kicking it off with why it failed. Time is on oh the clock. God. You have six minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rem, please let us start the meat of this discussion and tell us what were some things that stood out to you as issues you had with the series? We've already touched a little bit upon uh, so, some some of the potential reasons. It doesn't feel very cohesive. It scraps a lot of characters. And I think there's actually a single word that captures uh, at least 80% of the flaws and failures of Hungry Marie. And that is inconsistency. Mm. I, I think you see inconsistency in the characters. For example, yep. Marie, when we start to see her, it's almost as if she's two characters that aren't two sides of the same character. Like Marie... She's very delicate and proper and doesn't know about Japan, but then she's also very sassy and sarcastic. And it's not like these are the same. They figure out Marie's character. And also learned Japanese. Yeah. 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 Very quickly. <laughs> and has been following along. <laughs> yeah. Japanese yeah, but, but kind of not. <laughs> yeah. She's like, all her intel is like 20 years out of date, which doesn't make sense. Why would you be 20 years out of date if you're a fucking ghost? But she also has memories of always watching like Taiga when he was young or whatever. It doesn't make a lot of sense there. They figure out her character. And in fact, I think Marie is one of the better characters when they yeah, figure out I agree. what yeah. the fuck they're doing with her. Uh, but that takes half of the entirety of it. So it's not ideal. Another thing that's wildly inconsistent is the premise of the actual show. Because initially it's like, oh, okay. You called the show too! Woo! I'm gonna do that all the time, I'm sure. Oh, we do that all the time too. Oh, that's yeah. that's why I called it out. That's why I pointed it out. <laughs> it's like it's really easy to do. <laughs> Yeah. So initially it's like, okay, so Tyga and Marie, they share each other's bodies. Like they switch into each other's bodies with each other's minds. And she only comes out when she's hungry. But actually maybe it's going to be just her yeah. body and his body's lost. And there's a stuffed animal they can switch into. But actually he can sometimes come out as a ghost or maybe he can just come out in his corporeal form. Or actually he can have his body and she can have her body, but his body has a stuffed dog head or maybe the stuffed dog body and his head or actually just give him back his body and her body and don't even worry about it at all. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't understand how this worked at all. I think that there is like a 10 chapter spread in the middle of this series where it is very good. <laughs> yeah. But even during that time, there are moments where they're talking, Taiga and Mary talking, and I have no clue who's saying what. They could have done something like cool where she had like frilly like text boxes and Tiger could have had like jagged text boxes. He's like, ah, tough guy. Yeah. And then, you know, like I would probably have to reread the series two or three times to have fully understood how the body swapping worked. Like we yeah. told Rem, Ranma one half, literally hot water turns him into a boy. Cold water turns him into a girl. I probably got that backwards, but whatever. Super simple. <laughs> same with Don to Don. Same idea where he loses his pants or not, depending on if he touches cold water. <laughs> Hungry Marie started with a system that made sense. <laughs> Rev just no response. No response. That's manga for you. I just let it wash over me. <laughs> just, uh, but Hungry Marie, it started out, all right, so when Marie gets hungry, she takes over. When she is full, she seeds control back to Tiger. It's like, okay, that's a system we all understand. And then yeah. they start changing it with very little to no justification until it just basically feels like, ah, this is sort of what I wanted to do. And so I'm just going to do it, I guess. And it's like, okay, but why? It's like, ah. Yeah. A couple times it's like, oh yeah, I guess the grandma did something. But then later it's just, ah, this is just how it's going to be for a while, I guess. Yeah. And like, when was her body able to act like a real body? Because he's like, oh, her hair is stuck like this. I can't take the clothes off. And then at some point that's not true. And I never feel like I found the moment when they explain it. They played off like a joke of, yeah. oh yeah, apparently he just never tried despite the first complaint coming from him trying. Because isn't he like, I can't use the bathroom because of this? Yeah, but then it turns out, oh, actually, scrap everything we've just said about it. He can't use the bathroom because he's too nervous about touching her body or something. Fucking stupid. Yeah. Another thing that's horribly inconsistent is like the setting. Because initially it's like, okay, they attend an all-boys school. Actually, let's switch to the all-girls school. Actually, though, it's a co-ed school. You know what? Don't worry about school. It's not that important of a setting. <laughs> Nothing is too important. The series just, it was literally like, I consider this like an honorary anthology series, like level E, yeah. where nothing was consistent and nothing mattered. This series really, really struggled against setting up any kind of status quo. 
And the reason why I think that's such a problem is because you have two genres, despite the fact that at the very beginning of the manga, it's like, hey, this isn't some delinquent fight manga. This is just going to be a romance manga. And then the romance takes the backseat for the vast majority. Was there romance? They set it up in the first chapter, which was a cool idea. And then it's never really brought up again. It has its moments, but overall, yeah. 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 And the problem is with the genres it's trying to do, it tries to have romance. It tries to have like huge stakes. You literally have like a portal to hell open up at two points at only two and points. Oh my it doesn't come up for like in our 15 chapters. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it happens once and then the, and the zombies for some reason try to strip people and then it happens at the very end again. It's like, okay. But like stuff like this, it needs a strong status quo. If it was something that was just slice of life, which they dabbled in, which unfortunately it doesn't work because it's not the primary genre, if it was just slice of life, just pure zany silliness, then having wildly inconsistent rules would work out better. But it's clear that yeah. the manga wants you to be invested in, okay, how are we going to get them back in their bodies? And I can't be invested in that conflict if you keep changing up the rules. If it's like, all right, this is what you need to do. Cool. I understand. I understand what they need to do. But actually, maybe that's not it. Oh, okay. So what do I want them to do then? I don't even know at this point. Like, this is vastly more complicated than Nen, which is probably the most complicated you should <laughs> ever, ever make a power system. And yeah. I'm going to call dibs on the first one to tell Rem about the power system of Build King. Or Rem, Go check ahead. this out. Go ahead. So, Build King is a <laughs> power system is named after colors, and they have a chart. Which, what Rem, is. Rem, real quick. Wait, David, real quick. Rem, do you see any kind of issue with having a power system be colors in manga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, unless it's a fully colored <laughs> manga, which, you know. Nope. Which is not. Yeah, then. So uh, you have to just take their word on what color they're using. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. The chapter after they set up what the colors are, someone comes in and says, ah, but I have gold powers. Making your entire <laughs> diagram of what the power colors were completely wrong a chapter later. Oh, no. And in 10 chapters, we see three other exceptions to the rules of how those power systems work. Don't forget rainbow, which fuck you. Rainbow, gold, <laughs> black, white. Yeah, just go read Bill King and be really mad and then we'll we'll oh, come no. back. Listen to our episode on Bill King. Don't read it. Fucking actually, that was our winner for best episode of last year. So yeah. shout wow. out to Great Big Sword. If you listen to one episode of Shonen Flop, make it that one. Yes. The episode we said was our best episode. Jordan, you're killing yes, it. Yes, yes. All right. I feel like ultimately this is still some of the same issues. One thing I want to talk about that wasn't brought up at all. I feel the art at times, he just kind of got lazy. And it's yeah. weird to say off model when it's manga, but you can see where people's faces and proportions just did not seem right. There were a lot of times Marie's face just like maybe had an assistant drop, but she did not look proper, like how the quality that we saw in the first chapter. The thing is that you saw this every now and then in a hard-boiled cop and dolphin, but it was a lot yeah. rarer. There would be just, like, occasional panels where, like, mm, that face looks a little too long, or uh, that head looks a little short or whatever. Yeah. Significantly more noticeable in Hungry Mary. I also feel like this series' biggest issue, and maybe this author's biggest issue, is that it does take him like 15 chapters to really figure out how to use his characters. This happened in Harbaugh, Cop, and Dolphin 2, where the series just suddenly had a, had like a jumping quality, like in the middle of the series. Yeah. I think it really hurts his following because the thing about manga is is that especially the way that Shonen Jump is structured right now, you really gotta come out swinging. Yeah, I mean, he only got 30 chapters for both series because he made a big hit before. Yeah. Both series would have gotten Axe by Trolley 15. I also feel like maybe um, he's a guy that, like, the editors and stuff, n like, I feel like they like his manga, even yeah. if he other people don't, and I get it. Like, there's a lot to love in his work. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, I think that's a really great point talking about the positives work. So why don't we take that as an opportunity to move into what it did well, or I'll kick that conversation off. It's ironic that I, my last complaint was the art has issues, but the art, when he is like on model, there are some very good art. Yes. Oh, yeah. And those splash pages where you like the fucking the first time the zombie hell. That was amazing. Cup and Dolphin. Similarly, Rem has some of the best art we've ever seen in Shonen Jump manga. You can see when he really spends his time on a piece of art. It is very, very well done. This guy is very good at composition. It's one of the most difficult aspects of art to master because, like, it has nothing to do with, like, kind of how much time you spend on some on a specific drawing. It's like, are you laying it out correctly? And this guy's doing that very 
very well. Oh yeah. Usually, like just in the in the angles he chooses and the shots he chooses to draw, you know, the like stuff like that is his ideas about what to show in a panel. Really advanced stuff. Really high quality shit. This yeah. guy knows how to make a manga. He is talented. Yeah, you can tell this wasn't his first manga. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this really comes out like as you mentioned with the undead zombies and stuff like that, especially towards the very end. It, there's sort of what I think could slash should be like the quintessential photo of the manga, but I don't think it actually works out that way, but it should be, is Duel Marie and her mother in one body, but it just looks like Marie. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's yeah, Marie in the midst of all of these dark zombies, and it's like she's so pure and bright, and all the zombies are dirty and grotesque, and it's, it's like a single panel page, and it looks phenomenal, and it's like, yeah, all right, stuff like that, I vibe with that. It's just a shame that the Marie Antoinette shit was so clearly introduced because the author knew he had to end the entire series in three chapters. <laughs> yes. But, you know, that's to be expected with uh, a series that we read on this show, you know? And in the author's defense, he did find out three chapters before the end of the series. Which is pretty normal. Yeah, I really don't know if I have a better suggestion to him with what he should have yeah. done than what he did, you know? <laughs> They decided to go for a very ambitious but poorly done ending when I think they could have done a lot simpler but well done ending. I do also want to call out something, um, and this is kind of a what it did well slash what it did poorly kind of thing, which is the the way the author breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. It feels like it's often uh, a way to retcon stuff. Yeah, like, being trope-savvy doesn't give you a free pass to being very tropey. Yeah, it's like, sometimes yeah. when they broke the fourth wall, I was like, oh, this is genuinely entertaining and clever. And yeah. then a lot of time, I was like, okay, so this is just a lazy way to get past this problem without addressing it then, I guess. Like, you clearly are aware that it's lazy, too. Like, that's that's the whole thing, yeah. It's like how Arrested Development had the one good instance of product placement ever, and then no one ever can make that joke again, where uh, fucking the lawyer is eating it like a Burger King. Oh, yeah. He's like, wow, this is a great sandwich. And the narrator's like, it certainly is a great place to have a burger, Burger King. And I was like, that's it. That's the one time you can make fun of the product placement. Anything else, you're literally just trying to sell us on product placement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, usually the example people point to is Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a little bit more uh, <laughs> dignified, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I see more of an Arrested Development fan. Uh, Actually, Wayne's World would be a great movie night, so Ozzy Rat. Put that one, put that one. I'll shout out to Ozzy Rat, who runs the movie nights now. But yeah. Hi, Ozzy Rat. Ozzy Rat's great. Anyway, so speaking of great things, though, so what else would you guys say stood out as positive? Rem, in particular, I'd be curious to see what else you enjoyed about this. A lot of the individual components, like if you read a single chapter in isolation, I think you'd be like, oh, okay, this is pretty enjoyable. Like, I don't think it's anything special, but it's it's nice. It's pleasant. The humor is, is decent quality. And you'd be like, oh, and I'm interested to see what happens next. The problem is what happens next may be completely irrelevant or completely undo what you were yeah. just interested in. Yeah. And so it's very hard to get invested because of the wonky, pacing and transitions and just creative choices that are made. I, I think, though, that the individual components, it's like the ingredients are really good. It's just how they ended up using them in the dish kind of messed it up. Yeah, like, you'll be reading this, and you might be, like, kind of confused and stuff, but then there'll just be, like, a really good joke. Like, they're trying to figure out what Tyg is gonna wear, because, uh-oh, he got morphed into having a dog's head, <laughs> a plush head. Those were some really funny panels where they were just showing him, like, what shall I wear? And then the queen of the high school who... Oh, Lilith, I'm sorry, that one of the goth names. <laughs> yeah just appears in his window and they're like, wait a minute, this is the third story. How'd you get here? And she's like, oh, I noticed you were standing by the window. So I grabbed a crane and then blocked off the entire road. <laughs> That actually is a, a really good example because, yeah, th th that moment in of itself, it's yeah. humorous and it works well. But that overall chapter doesn't have much relevance to anything. And then the setup for that chapter is one of the worst in the entire thing because it's OK. Well, he gets two tickets and he's going to take Anna and she also, without him knowing, also got two tickets. But, oh, I guess his two tickets, they quickly get ruined. Oh, but she has her tickets, so it's fine. And all of that happens in just a few pages. So it feels like there's going to be conflict, but there just isn't any. 
I liked that she asked him out, and especially yeah. after we saw the scene where her dad was explicitly telling her not to, mm-hmm. it made Anna seem cooler. Like, it was like, yeah. okay, yeah, Anna's like, you know what? No, nah, I like you. Fuck this shit. Yeah, let's go, let's go on a fucking date. Yeah, I think that was a really cool idea that she knew and he for, he forgot that he told her. Yeah, I also like that there's a little bit of a less will they, won't they yeah. energy here because it, it is more, no, Anna is clearly into him and also is receptive to it. And it's mm-hmm. like the people in this manga feel less stupid yeah. than a lot of the other series we read like this, you know? No one's acting that crazy unreasonable. Yeah, there, there's a lot less of the unnecessary miscommunication trope that is all over the place and always so frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a harem manga, but it sometimes feels like it wishes it was. Yeah, I mean, it wishes it <laughs> yeah. was a lot of things, but I feel like we could definitely save that for where it could have gone just because we are still in the positive <laughs> section. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. The aspects of this series that are positives are also kind of the negatives. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking of different manga, why don't we get into where it could have gone? So, Rem, as our manga expert, please tell us, what are some things that you think this series could have done differently to have made it probably not gotten canceled? (laughs) They have the right ingredients, right? The author needed a better idea of what they wanted to do going into it so that you don't spend 16 to 20 chapters figuring it out during publication. (laughs) Like, that, that time should be spent developing the story for the readers not developing it for you not figuring it Mm -hmm. out as an author okay rem but to be fair that is literally how araki has always written manga i think that's a fundamentally flawed method that will continue to cause problems jordan shot in the dark but i have a feeling rem probably doesn't like jojo (laughs) i I do not that tells you everything you gotta know about rem's taste i've seen the first two seasons of jojo and they were both quite bad (laughs) It's okay. See, everybody, you gotta take, you gotta really side with somebody who doesn't like JoJo. Go listen to Anime Out of Context episodes on them. I have great reasons for the most part. <laughs> I'm sure you feel like they're great. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I feel like. <laughs> Having a broader plan, and this is sort of a problem with a lot of manga, though I think it's exacerbated here because of the weekly publication style, right? Where you need to keep churning out and you don't have a chance to go back and rework stuff if you come up with new ideas. But that's why it's all the more important to have really strong ideas from the get-go so it doesn't come across as a clusterfuck. It's kind of sad that like artists and writers aren't given that time because sometimes it really does just take a little bit to to get a feel for... For, uh, for how to best write your series. I mean, shit, like if Star Trek The Next Generation was canceled like before it figured out how to make good episodes, then it would have been canceled immediately. It took them a little bit to get going. Yeah, it's, it's literally called Growing the Beard is when yeah. the series figures out what it needs to do. Like, I mean, we've definitely read series that had very slow starts. They get a lot better. Like, um, yeah. like Fire Force, fucking pretty boring start. And then it goes to Crazy Town. And it gets really interesting. JoJo! <laughs> yeah, part one and three are generally considered the worst parts. Rem for context, season four is the one where David Bowie is the bad guy. Is probably the best, the best animated yeah, yeah. season of JoJo. Just a heads up if you want to give that one a shot. Season four is Twin Peaks JoJo. Oh yes, my as God. I call it. Yes, it's great. But yeah, so I, I think where it could have gone, I think it just needed a stronger identity. Yeah. If it focused on the romance, I think it could have been better. If it focused more on just the comedy, I think it could have been better. If it focused on the delinquent fight or on the sort of mystery and how do we get it get out of this situation. If it had any of those as larger priority, then I think it would have been a better show than mm-hmm. jumping around haphazardly and often without much purpose. Because it has the right stuff for any of those individually, but the way it tried to combine everything i it just doesn't work yeah i want to say by the way there was definitely some philosophy ideas or like ideas for a series i think would have been more interesting than what they did the whole taoism versus christianity is a really cool plot element and something i've never seen in a shonen series before I'm surprised whenever I see an actual Catholic church in uh, in manga. Yeah, I also want to say my favorite part of this series, no cap, was when they had to exercise the ghost and they did it by punching the ghost. That would have been super <laughs> cool. See fucking like swole ass exorcist fighting ghosts. Hell yeah. 
I think that could have been a, a good moment, but for me, that was a trash moment in Hungry Marie. In isolation, I liked the moment, but it wasn't yeah. a good moment in this comic, right? It wasn't a good moment in this manga. You like in an abstract suite. Yeah, basically, if you gave me a show that was just the grandma and Taiga, right? And they just do silly as shit exorcisms. That yeah. would be a fine one. That would also work. It's like there's so many directions they could have gone and they just poke every direction and then ignore it. I feel like this author really likes to get clever with his ideas. And sometimes you just want to be like, dude, dude, you got the skills. Just write a shonen manga. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they need someone to help them sort everything out. Scale it down a little bit. They maybe need a collaborator slash ghostwriter. So this author gives all of the ideas, right? They, they provide the ideas and provide the rough draft, and then they give it to just anybody else to have the rest of the control over. <laughs> that is completely fair. I almost feel like the opposite. No, have somebody else write the structure and then just tell him to do that because the structure is where he's falling apart. The actual writing and like creation of the stuff now, I think he's got. It's just like he has no focus. I also think that another thing when it comes to where it could have gone, I think they should have obviously had stricter rules on like the switching. And frankly, I think the best system that they had was the one they started with. Yeah. Yeah. His mind and her body or her mind and his body. She comes out when she's hungry. Cool. At some points, I felt like, okay, well, this is kind of an interesting little situation that you've got them in, but it really does fuck up the overall feel of the story and makes everything like 10 times more confusing. Yeah. I definitely think that was the strongest, and I really wanted to see like a Slumdog Millionaire where imagine if he goes to like a French Revolution trivia night. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like how he makes money outside of school is like working with like archaeologists and shit. But yeah, it was just a fun idea. And they also really didn't make use of the fact that she was like someone from France. Like we don't see any cool French Revolution no. facts. This could have been like educational. It was completely arbitrary. Like he could have picked literally any person from history to have represented her because it didn't matter what her actual background was. Well, and that this sort of relates to like what I mentioned earlier about how they didn't figure out Marie's character until halfway through because the only parts that we see her even being a little bit of a French monarch is in the first handful of chapters and then after that she completely transforms that is almost entirely forgotten about other than the aesthetic and it's like well that's unfortunate because you could still have all of the sass and stuff right mm -hmm. but it would be I think more meaningful and interesting if it was oh yeah no I'm still a posh fancy monarch but I'm also sassy as hell like both both of those things are true. <laughs> the part where Marie, um, because up until this moment, uh, Tyga has been the one doing all the active stuff. And it's and when Marie has been in place, it's kind of been like, oh boy, oh boy, Marie's here. Marie can't really do shit. But there's a moment where Marie does take hold of her body and she just carries the air of being a queen. And she knows how to like intimidate people with a glance. And it just immediately improves her character like so much. Like all of a sudden, like she feels a lot stronger, like a lot more in control. Like you understand like, oh, yes. I think she might have been a better character if we kept more of that. And if you like, yes. yeah, it's sort of if you turned her into a little bit of a bitch, not a terrible person, right? <laughs> not a terrible person. But right now she's super compassionate and she just really cares about everyone. And sometimes she's a little aloof, but that's it. No, I think like she should be a little full of herself and she should still at her core be a good person. But there should be straight up times where it's like, no, yeah, she's a bit of a domineering asshole. Sometimes, sometimes that works for us. Sometimes it causes problems. No, she legitimately views herself as above everybody else. Yes. It's not her trying to be an asshole. It's she was literally raised as a monarch who was told that her blood makes her more important than everybody else around her. And so it's like, let's see more of that. Yeah. I think that's a really great point, though. I do want to say, speaking of overbearing assholes, we only have about 15 minutes left. So... <laughs> <laughs> So why don't we move on to the miscellaneous thoughts? Does that sound good to you guys? Yes. Yeah, my segue game, Rem, you're just bringing the best segues out of me. <laughs> the thing that stands out to me is I appreciate the actually note that let them eat cake wasn't actually said by yeah. Antoinette. Yeah. So at least it showed he did the minimum amount of homework for this <laughs> yeah. setting. Yeah, they at least did the Google search, which we can appreciate that. 
Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was the only straight thought I had. Well, about one the miscellaneous thought I had was one of the very first lines, and you know, maybe it's just because I am just an innocent, innocent old boy. But could you guys just describe to me what a Gatling kiss is? Uh, I had no idea what the fuck that was. Like, you'll find out when we come visit you in Utah. <laughs> And specifically, it was a Gatling kiss with tongue. God, that's too much. Which I can almost understand a Gatling kiss if it's without tongue. I can understand, I think. Well, it could be like dog kisses then. We're just aggressively licking the person on different parts of their faces. <laughs> okay, so I think it was Mamoru who got Gatling kissed. I could be misremembering, but... It was like a childhood bully move, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and the bullies ganged up on Mamoru when he was young, and Gatling kissed him with tongue, and that is just never clarified. No. <laughs> I feel like that's supposed to be, like, some kind of childhood bullying <laughs> thing, like, the kid gave me an Indian burn, or, he, oh man, the bully gave me a oh, swirly, yeah, you know, it, it or, just like, totally worked. Hey, nerd. Come here and kiss me square on the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Kiss me with tongue, you loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't you feel silly? You just got kissed. Oh, God. I don't even know what to do with this. All right. Do you guys have any more miscellaneous thoughts or should we get a funnel for it? It's kind of, I don't really know what to say on that after that. So let's start things off with some community six word summaries. First off with Tucker, too many ingredients, flavors don't blend. I'm with you, Tucker. The Laughing Fool, let them eat gender bender comedy. T-Root, it's like Venom, but really cute. Maxi B, hungry for more? Nah, I'm good. Generic man, Rosa Versailles just got hangry. And T-Wolfwood said, got bored, watched your name instead. <laughs> this is not a bad call. <laughs> so Ram, please, what was your six word summary, my friend? Uh, So I came into this with one. But I have cheated and and very recently added another. Mm -hmm. So the, the one I came into this with was inconsistency killed the necromantic French monarch. I like it. But then, you know, I, I couldn't help myself. And frankly, after the previous discussion, uh, I think a great six word summary is Gatling kiss me with tongue, nerd. Dylan's going to do some dirty things with that audio. <laughs> I hope you know. <laughs> You know what? Hey, Dylan, uh, Dylan, that's not just my six word summary, Dylan. That's me speaking to you directly. All right. Yes. <laughs> Gatling kiss me with a tongue, senpai. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, I hate it. That made me wildly uncomfortable. Oh, God. All right. Jordan, how about yours? Marie Antoinette's daughter? What the fuck? I fucking knew that was going to be your second time. <laughs> Jordan gets rewarded once again for not thinking of what ahead of time. Yeah. Also, the, the second one is this series loves saying yes and. Yes, yeah, more like yes, Antoinette. Uh, uh, moving on. All right. Anyway, I don't want to think about that anymore. Okay. I like you wrote too, where I wrote one based on just the first chapter, where it was Kung Fu Guy to Princess Die. Very nice. Nice, nice, nice. I like the rhyme. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My other one, based on the actual series, was Plot Spaghetti Still Leaves You Hungry. Yeah, very fair. Very fair. I think those were two pretty, like, eight out of ten six word summaries. From Kung Fu Guy to Princess Die is very much like a golden age of rap style rhyme. <laughs> From Kung Fu Guy, guy to Princess, Princess Die. die. <laughs> Hungry Marie, kiss the sky. My <laughs> name is Tiger, and I'm here to say. <laughs> We're ripping on manga in a major way. Jordan, I'm passing the mic to you, my guy. Why don't you tell us or not? Was this series a flop? <laughs> Let me just grab the mic from my main MC flop. <laughs> got MC flop, and we got <laughs> yeah, and we got the shonen guy. Party over here! Put your hands in the air. I'm doing it. All right, so this is a series of flop or not? This is one of those series I was like, this is not a flop until I got in here and we started having this discussion. Yeah. It's a flop. It is close to being not just because there are enough moments in this series that I genuinely enjoyed. Yeah. It's one of those things where he's clearly a good writer. This just was not his A game or at least yeah. like as a whole, the product, it just doesn't click yeah. in the way that uh, Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin did. I mean, this was his level E where he was just trying to see what would work. Yes, this is very much him just messing around. I'm glad I read it. I enjoyed yeah. it. I got, I think I did get like a fair amount out of it. I definitely don't think it was like a waste to write or read, but it just didn't get there. I just wish I had learned more about France. So it felt like I at least got educated. <laughs> yeah. But Rem, as the most educated person in the chat, what did you think of it? 
I also thought flop are many different realities where where this is a successful manga and it's great and it works out. This is not one of them. It could nope. have saved yeah. itself, but how, how it's done. Yeah, unfortunately, definitely a flop. It's one of those series where like it does enough right where you just feel sad calling it a flop. It's like you didn't need to be a flop. If you just You're almost there, you got the elements. If you stayed with your first idea for the whole series, it would have been pretty good. Yeah. If they had just kept that, if they just kept the consistency on the body swapping mechanic and rules, it still would have its flaws. But I think that would save it from being a complete flaw. You could get 100 fun chapters out of that premise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame because, like, I get why he thought that he should change it. Like, initially, a lot of those changes are interesting, but they do such damage to your perception of what is going on and your ability to follow it that it's, like, not worth it. Yeah, especially it. because they don't fully explore or develop any of them. They change it up radically and in crazy ways, but then they do one thing with it and then move on again. And it's like, no, there, there's room to explore each of these but you're not exploring any of them <laughs> right but i think we have all like are in alignment with what the issues are so rem though what would you say someone should check out instead since you said the series was a flop it's wildly difficult i think to give a recommendation instead of hungry marie because mm -hmm. it very much depends on what you wanted hungry marie to be right yeah so i i suppose my suggestion isn't it actually something i've consumed but based on what <laughs> you guys have said i suppose i would tell them to check out the cop and dolphin one okay <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you joey it seems like since it's by the, the same creator and apparently much better and I would hope at least a bit more consistent. Because other than that, I mean, what, what can you say? Are you into French history? That'll lead to something else. Are you into the comedy, the romance, the delinquent anime side of things, the mysterious supernatural side of things? The gender bending. The gender bending drama and comedy coming from that. It's like, why, why do you like Hungry Marie? Because depending on that, you will receive wildly different alternatives. Now, Rem, yes. does this make you want to check out his, like, famous work, Beelzebub, which does have an anime adaption? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, that's like about a guy who's like a babysitter for, like, Satan's child by accident. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> but of course. Obviously. That makes sense. So, though, we are changing things up a little bit slightly, though, Jordan. So rather than saying, well, you so much check out instead, I thought, Jordan, why don't we take it while we have Rem captive and say, let's give him some recommendations of manga that are actually good. <laughs> For the record, I was going to recommend the Wikipedia page for uh, Marie Antoinette's daughter, Marie Therese Charlotte. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, so I suggest a series called Chainsaw Man, oh, another you? one called Chainsaw Man. Have you ever heard of the series called Chainsaw Man? I would like to yes. talk- I've never heard you yes. say anything about it. Sir, have you heard the good word today by, by our friend Fujimoto entitled Chainsaw Man, the Book of Chainsaw? Oh, fuck. I asked Dylan about this and he said, Rem will at least think Puchita is cute, which is good enough yes. for me because he is yes, the most yes. cute fucking thing on the planet. Puchita is objectively cute. Yes. And he says he is the chainsaw demon that looks like a cute little dog with a chainsaw sticking out of his head. <laughs> and he yeah. said his goal in life was to give everyone hugs. Yes. <laughs> I will Google Puchita right now. Okay. P-O-C-H-I-T-A. If you don't think that's like one of the cutest things you've ever seen, you're not allowed to right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a live reaction to me seeing Pachita. Oh my god! It, <laughs> it looks adorable and stupid as fuck. Hell yeah, dude! That's what Chainsaw Man is. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. But yeah, so Chainsaw Man, I'd be curious to see. I think though, unironically, I think you would like his one shot look back more. So I would actually recommend you read that first just to get a taste. And it's not quite as zany because based on my conversation with Dylan, you seem to like more grounded character driven series, which Chainsaw Man definitely is. But Chainsaw Man is still also absolutely crazy town where it's literally a series about a man who's part Chainsaw Demon. I can get into like crazy off the wall zany <laughs> stuff. It's just mm -hmm. that, especially when things try to be both, mm -hmm. it can work. Uh, but it's very difficult. Yeah, usually they sacrifice one for the other, or sometimes they sacrifice both for the other. <laughs> well, yes. Like here's the thing: it's difficult to do correctly when you're just doing one of them. Yeah. And when you're doing both, that takes a lot of mm -hmm. skill or a lot of luck. 
Yeah. Yes. And then for the sake of time, why don't we give you one other recommendation that's not Chainsaw Man? Rem, I am personally going to recommend just to give Jordan some time to think about. I think you might enjoy Witch Hat Altair, which is probably one of the few manga I've read that is actually written for children in a way that respects children. It's about... Are you calling me a child? <laughs> no. You take me as someone who appreciates a series that is for children, but respects children. Yeah. So like, for instance, it's about girls who learn to be wizard. It has a very consistent power system. Well written. It talks about some themes like they literally talk about how like someone creates magic to see through women's clothing and they make like a big deal about how that's sexual harassment and not OK. Oh, it's shocking to hear in manga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's got a really interesting power system where their magic is based on writing glyphs, and he's kind of made like a soft alphabet. You can tell what magic they're using based on the patterns that they're writing. Okay. Uh, so I think you'll enjoy that. Jordan, how about yourself? If you wanted Rem to check out something that wasn't Chainsaw Man, what would you recommend? Oh, man, I just had like a good one, and it ran out. Chainsaw Man 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's coming soon. What? Wait, you mean Jujutsu Kaisen? Is that what you meant? Boom! That's Diet Chainsaw Man. No, but what I was going to say was um, Golden Kamui. Oh, that's a good series. It's a series about... I'm going to stop you, though, Jordan, because that has an anime adaption. That is true, yes. Can you think of anything that's not gotten anime? Because my art fault was Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer or Dungeon Meshi, if you want to use one of those, too. Um, um, I'm, I haven't read all of Son of a bitch Lucifer, so I feel weird uh, <laughs> recommending that. Although I also haven't seen all of Golden Kamui, but Golden Kamui is still very good. Um, 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 the Demon Slayer manga is excellent. God, fucking... <laughs> Because I really love the art in the manga, and the anime looks great, but the drawings in the manga are amazing, and I recommend them. All, all right, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> anyway, Rem, thank you for us going on our diatribe about some serious while we had you captive. <laughs> Why don't we talk about something that's not related to manga as we go into our shoutouts? How's that sound? So, Rem, we were so excited to have you on our guest for our 50th episode, which we forgot to celebrate at any point in this recording before literally the very end of it. It's fitting. It's fitting. <laughs> hey, man, that's how we roll. Yes. But now that we've said how we roll, Rem, why don't you tell us all about how you roll? And I sounded super fucking like fellow kids the way I said that. <laughs> I'm exhausted and David's got COVID. I do. It's true. That's our 50th episode, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah. All that coughing is literally because I have COVID right now. Oh, <laughs> All right, but Rem, please tell us about what's going on in your world. Yeah, so uh, once again, I am uh, Remington Chase, co-host of the Anime Out of Context podcast, where me and my co-host, Sean Rollins, cover all sorts of anime from the good to, uh, at least in my opinion, usually the trash. He's a super <laughs> weeb. I have never been into anime, and even now, four years going, I still really am not, but now I understand far more than I'd ever like to. You can find us wherever podcasts are found just anime out of context we also have a twitch channel twitch.tv slash anime out of context rem one day you're gonna wake up and you're just gonna discover that simply through the act of repeatedly witnessing it you will realize that you actually love anime oh and it will ruin your life you know genuinely what i what i hate is the fact that now anytime there's an anime reference in a non-animated context whether that's just on social media or in a tv show or whatever else i feel like 80 percent of the time i understand it now and i hate that <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till if you keep reading or watching JoJo and then every single song is a JoJo reference oh, for the fuck. rest of your life. Oh, no. It's true. If you weren't aware, every single power in JoJo from like part three forward is just bands where people will be like, ah, my power, Biggie Smalls. Oh or you, you can't stop my Green Day. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, but the, the best one in the entire series is still like in part one. My name is Robert EO Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves Speedwagon. Well, I mean, not everybody. <laughs> no, we're not letting you talk shit about the best girl in anime. <laughs> Don't. Talk shit about best girl speedwagon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like r slash best girl has like a bunch of waifus and speedwagon in the banner picture. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of best girls, I want to give props to Jordan for making the awesome opening and ending theme being a great host and helping with editing. Props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Tucker with assistance for pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Thanks to Luke for being our community producer. You can find his work 
at LukeHair.com. Check out his super awesome podcast, Domance Dawn, where he, <laughs> Rem, he is saying, what if we recast One Piece characters as Simpsons characters? And it's definitely a really fun <laughs> podcast. I also want to give thanks to T-Root, Ozzy Rat, and T-Wolfoot for being our awesome transcription volunteers. You can find them on our site as they become available. And Jordan, is there anything you want to add? David? Yes. You light up my life. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Thank you for editing the podcast. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, Patreon or not. We made Rem join, so <laughs> he'll probably leave right after we record, but no hard feelings. <laughs> come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to it in our show notes. I always remember, Rem, I was really honored when someone in my in the Discord messaged me. and was like, hey, you're the the first manga discord i joined that didn't have a hentai channel <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense and we never will setting yourself apart no nope. sorry guys <laughs> yeah yeah i forgot to do it for april fools i was gonna add like a hot girls channel and then it was like pictures of barbecues and stuff <laughs> But and I forgot to do it. Maybe next year. But though, if you've been enjoying our podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks like bonus episodes on Magu Chan, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, and PPPP, which has 30 chapters, Jordan. Holy shit. Yes, and it's getting good now. It's good. I'm reading it. This is a good series. I was right. Yes, yes. Rem, this chap- manga had perhaps one of the worst first chapters we'd ever read <laughs> oh, in our entire no. life. Um, so, it's grown on me. Yeah, you could also even just be joining us right now, like two of our awesome patrons are doing, and you can join us at patreon.com slash flop. We are in super close to our next goal where we are going to review a manga I made and it also lets us hire Dylan for more editing time which really helps us be able to make a better episode and then on that note I'm going to read off our patrons do not worry Rem this takes about 30 seconds because we don't have 500 like you do <laughs> so we have a special treat we have the master of reading off patron names Rem in the house so he is kind enough to be reading these off so Rem I'm going to pass the mic to you my guy all right, so starting off with the uh, uh, very well-acclaimed Chainsaw Men of Shonen Flop's uh, Patreon. <laughs> a true Chainsaw yes. Man. Yes. 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 First, uh, of course, we have Pterodactyl Ghost. That is a lovely name. Right? <laughs> Our next Chainsaw Man, we have, to be fair, most people can't pull things out of the oven with their butts. <laughs> Which is, I think, also a patron of your show, given the name. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, then we move on uh, over to uh, the Dolphin Dad. Uh, and right now we have uh, one exclusive special little Dolphin Dad. And for that, it is tracking roving animals for all loving girls and raccoons, Wolfwood. <laughs> Thank you, T. Wolfwood. Thank you so much. We love you, You're the T. Wolfwood. Then we go over to all of the kings of the forest. And on this list, we have Albie, Cram, Gabe Landau, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Mark, Maverick, <laughs> Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Scarlet <laughs> Myrmidon, Solomon Martinez, T, and the BB King, BB the. Fuck. Got it in one. Holy shit. It yeah. usually takes me like five tries. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Fucking chat. <laughs> P- pretty based, you could say. <laughs> the three of this go. All right, then <laughs> let me see what else. I'm gonna run some promos here. Do you like anime? Do you want to get into anime? Do you want to know what's going on in the world of anime? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should come check out the Sipping for Senpai podcast. We like to talk about a bunch of animes, also try to get all of the newer viewers into anime, read manga, and also try to spring our addiction of waifus. But if you want to simp, simp for us at the Sipping for Senpai podcast. We're available in a majority of your podcast apps. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our thoughts on a very interesting manga that was also by a popular creator that had a few sexual issues. This has been David. <laughs> this has been Jordan. Wow, what a... Uh, whoa, what foreshadowing. This has been Remington. You've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers! Yeah, or maybe not based on... <laughs> I feel like I should just say what series it is, but we'll see what people think we're covering. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, we can stop record- recording. Bye. Bye. <laughs>